Catharsis contains mature language, content, and themes, including discussions of suicide. Please listen with care. (sighs) 3 a.m. again, Sister Bear. Look at you. Sweat dampening your hair, clothes sticking to your skin. The salty smell of fear is just like the nightmares that always woke you when you were young. You'd crawl into my twin bed, settle yourself next to me, and I'd lie there smelling your hair until your breathing slowed and the rise and fall of your little body told me you'd finally drifted off. You never told me what those nightmares were about. I hope it was nothing like this. There you go. The glass of water is always your first step in self-soothing. Small sips don't upset your tummy. Isn't that what mom would say? Of course, the pains in your abdomen have more to do with hunger than nausea, I'm sure. How long has it been since you've had a proper meal? You were always so funny that way. Remember the time we spent all day at the park? The one day of the summer, mom and dad would let us have ice cream as the truck creeped by. It spells a siren song for children with their parents' money. By the time we got home, our stomachs were bloated with milk and sugar, and all you wanted to do was lay down to watch cartoons. But I insisted on dinner because it was 6 p.m., and we always ate dinner at 6 p.m. So you sat and coughed down some dino nuggets with me just so I wouldn't have to eat alone. Maybe I should have learned somewhere along the way that everything doesn't have to be in perfect order. Life isn't always one foot in front of the other, a step-by-step, choose-your-own-adventure. Most of the time, the adventure chooses you, and instead of figuring out where the roller coaster started or how you got on it in the first place, sometimes you have to just... ride. Brace yourself as it clicks up, 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 sit with the pain, and wait for the fall. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis, starring Xander Hildenbrandt, Jordan Lopez, and Luna Madison. Part 5, Bargaining, written by Carrie Zahn. Also starring Sean Gunther, Stephen Kallenberg, and Libby Scancarello. Uh, Hello? What time is it? I'll sit with your theories. I'll listen to your rambling. I'll go through every emotion and thought and discovery. But I will not let you become this destitute being. It's been days, Meg. We can work through this theory, but we have to do it in the sunlight. Over a meal. With real clothes on. I'd like to see what's listed under the definition of real clothes in Ren's Book of Bossiness before I change out of sweatpants. 
They even have pockets. Way more real than any of the other women's clothing I own. <laughs> there she is. There's truly an advantage to shopping on both sides of the store. Hey, Maggie Bug. You awake? You want to head downstairs? Mom has something she'd like to talk about. Sounds like a real joy. Gotta go, Ren. I'll call you back later. Anything for you, Maggie Bug. You can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes at you. <laughs> in slow motion. <laughs> I'll talk to you in a bit. Margaret, your dad and I have another appointment with Father Kevin today. I think it would be best for you to join us. Oh, I really don't think that's a good idea. He called this morning. He said you might be a bit hesitant. I'm not sure what happened the last time you spoke. But Father Kevin is very understanding. He knows you're grieving. He... God's grace will be waiting for you whenever you find yourself in need. You just have to seek it. Did he write up talking points for you or something? Do yourself a favor and don't look at the notebook in the top drawer of her nightstand, okay? You know he's trying to help our family. It's normal to feel angry. <laughs> well, as long as this whole thing is normal. We're leaving in ten minutes. Please, Meg. This could really do you some good. I think we all need a little good right now. That one is almost verbatim off of a coffee cup she considered buying for you. I'm not feeling up to it today. Or possibly ever. Besides, I really need to shower. <laughs> I was going to say something. Thanks a lot, Dad. I know it's tempting to stay home and grieve. But grieving isn't passive. It's not just laying in bed and moping. It's taking an active role in moving past it. <laughs> Let me guess. Happiness is also my responsibility, and attitude is a choice. As long as I log into Pinterest and read exactly one inspirational quote a day, I'll be cured by Christmas. Meg, cut the dramatics. Your mother, like the rest of us, is trying to help in the way she knows how. What's that supposed to mean? We have professional help, David. We're going about this in the way we should. Professional help? He's a priest, not a licensed mental health professional. Meg, you should talk to someone. If you're so set on a professional, let's find you a professional. But until then, Father Kevin is at least willing to listen, to help. He's a God professional. And God leads our hearts. That's... Fine. Whatever you need to do. But I need to do what I need to do, okay? We just hate to see you struggling. I know. But I am struggling. We all are. We lost... I just... I can't go see Father Kevin today. I want some more time to process this in my own way figure out what the hell really happened. What's that, dear? Nothing. I'm just asking for more time. That's all. Margaret, you can have all the time you need. We don't expect you to become okay overnight. We're still not there either. All we're asking is for you to be willing to take steps to get 
closer to okay. I know, Dad. But you guys need to trust me to do it my way. Let me keep thinking things over. As long as those thoughts are productive. Father Kevin suggested a journal to record what you're feeling. You could even bring it to go over with him next time. That sounds like torture. believe mom kept so much of this crap. All these photos, memories. This kind of reminiscing is better suited to after a breakup, ripping off the bandage to see how the wound is healing, excising the damaged bits to see what can be salvaged. But after what happened here, it's closer to emotional torture than catharsis. Are you sure you want to do this? I'm doing this. Dear Miss Samantha Marie Soto, we are pleased to inform you that upon thorough review of your application materials, our admissions committee would like to offer you admission to our accelerated Master of Science program! Sammy girl, you did it! We are so incredibly proud of you. Ah, I can't believe I got in! The program is super competitive, and practically everyone who graduates from it gets accepted to a doctoral position! This is perfect! Mmm, that's great, honey. Meg, aren't you excited for your sister? I mean, obviously. Well, you don't sound it. That's okay, Sister Bear. She's just sad I won't have as much time for milkshake nights. Perkins. That's local, right? That's the best part. I'll be studying here so we won't have to give them up altogether. And you'll be keeping your bedroom... Margaret. What? It's not a crime to want more space. We could have sleepovers in there. I know it's silly, but it's like old times. Yeah, just what I was thinking for more space. Margaret Ann Soto, honor roll. Exiting from the left wing. You did it! Ah! <laughs> Couldn't have done it without all of your leftover bio study guides. I seriously wouldn't have passed. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Ah, you know our girls have their own strengths, Kath. Congratulations to my favorite high school grad. Hey! Of this year. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yes, honey, we're very proud of the parts of high school you actually did yourself. <laughs> she sure is excited. They, Mom, they're excited. I will never understand kids these days. 18 and a high school diploma. 
Meg and Ren are hardly kids anymore, Mom. Don't remind me. I can't believe you're leaving us at the end of the summer. You still have several weeks to undermine my accomplishments and misgender my friends. I'll even miss the back talk. Oh, that can certainly continue through video chat. <laughs> oh, great. I'll have to referee those calls, too. Hey, I'm so sorry, guys, but I have to run. This thesis isn't going to write itself, and it's going on noon. I'll take you out for dinner soon, Meg. I don't want to get to the lab too much later. I get it. Thanks for coming. I love you. Happy birthday! Mm, can you believe it? The big two-one. Surprise! A wrapped box? On the one day a year dedicated to my birth, specifically celebrated by a steak dinner and shower of gifts? A surprise indeed. Open it, open it, open it. Okay, I'm getting to it. Oh, wow. Do you love it? It sure is a glass. A wine glass, Meg, for drinking wine. Happy 21st. Imagine my surprise. If only it were the whole bottle. Another birthday, another disappointed Meg face. Come on, Sam, I love it. No, no, it's not good enough. I know. I never am. Oh, shut up. You're plenty good enough. Now this gift, on the other hand, uh... Man, I thought it was so you. Pink puffy paint is very me. Whatever. Nah, Sammy, it's perfect. Just look at the all-caps alcohol on the other side. I'll never forget what beverage is supposed to go in a wine glass. Alright, so creativity is not my strong suit, but it was better than my first idea. Do I want to know? A framed photo of a diseased liver showing the long-term effects of heavy alcohol use. Huh. Somehow cooler. Next year... Merry Christmas, Sister Bear. <laughs> it's December 17th. But you're home for Christmas, and this is the best gift I'll get this season. So to me, it's Christmas. <laughs> you are so corny. <sighs> Just drink your latte. But I have so much to tell you. Being abroad is amazing. People are so different. It's like I can be a whole other person over there. I've spoken with so many people. Can you imagine me talking to strangers unprovoked and enjoying it? People give me so much energy, and I just want to keep having new experiences. Well, it sounds like you're having fun, at least. Of course I am. It's amazing just breaking out of my rut, leaving my comfort zone. You know, you can learn a thing or two from me. What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Getting out, trying something new. You're so set in your ways. <laughs> I bet you do the exact same things every night, week after week, month after month. That's me being organized, not in a rut, Meg. You're so bored with your life, your eyes are glazed over. I'm just tired from work. That doesn't mean I'm bored with it. You know what's a good cure for that? Coffee. And dramatic life changes. <sighs> Have you ever considered going back to school? I know how much you wanted to get your PhD. Whatever happened to that plan? Oh, you know, it was a nice idea at the time, but I wouldn't say it was ever a plan, per se. I thought that was the whole reason you did the Accelerated Master's program. Something about getting to a certain point in your career while you're still young and sprightly. 
You know how those things go. You dream of one thing and your life goes an entirely different way. I'm so busy with my current work and I feel like I'm already old. Oh, please. 29 is hardly old. There are 40-something scoffing at you right now. I know it's not, but I'm already pretty established in my position, and I've already spent so much of my life in school. I feel like I'd be a failure if I went back now. Can't imagine myself back in a classroom after all this time. Or... Can you imagine going through the rest of your life without achieving the one thing you set out to do? Two sides to every coin, Sammy. Well, I'm going to need a lot more coins if I plan on following that dream anytime soon. Do you know how expensive PhD programs are? Oh, like mom and dad wouldn't help you in a second. You being successful is like their one fulfillment in life. You know, I read a study about millennials having an achievement complex. Something about growing up and being good at everything. Therefore, having no room to fail and find out what they're actually good at. Maybe I need to train them to love me and my failures. Hmm, sounds bogus. Nothing about you is a failure. I just want you to do the things that make you happy. Because you deserve that. Hmm, sure. But it's certainly not a decision I'll be making over Christmas. Fine, fine. Then let's talk about things that make me happy. When are you going to come visit me abroad? There's something about that last sip of coffee that's a juxtaposition from the first. It's cold, and the flavor is growing stale. Sometimes I wonder why we even finish the cup. Is it habit? Some kind of uh, social norm? The truth is, I don't think we need anything more than the first sip. That first time the flavor hits your tongue, engulfing you in warmth and supplying you with a jolt of caffeinated attention. That's what you want from a cup of coffee. But you keep drinking, keep sipping, and it becomes almost desperate. Like you're trying to get back the feeling of that very first sip. I'm not coming back. Anyone home? Meg? Uh, yeah. I'm down here. Meg, what are you doing down here? <laughs> Shit, are those... Are you okay? Fuck, that's a stupid question. I mean, what can I do? How do you need me? You should have called me back. 
You never picked up after this morning, and your parents' car wasn't in the driveway. They went to see Father Kevin. Yeah, I figured. But they shouldn't have left you alone. And you shouldn't have come down here alone. I thought... Maybe... Maybe there would be answers here. This is all stuff from years ago. I know, but... But maybe there's something that you should have seen all those years ago. Maybe you should have known this was coming. Meg, you're so stuck on the past you're forgetting to take care of yourself now. You missed your job interview yesterday. And I had to hear it from someone else. I forgot. Yeah. And are you forgetting about those lunches we're supposedly having? Telling Catherine we're meeting up, but I can't remember the last time I've seen you eat. Do you even know the last full meal you've had? I already have one overbearing mother, thanks. Well, clearly one's not enough because... Because you're not talking to me anymore. Not answering your phone, not coming when I walk through the door. You're not acting like yourself and it's scaring me. (laughs) What are you scared of? I'm scared that I'm going to mess up again. That I'm going to miss or ignore the obvious signs. Just, Just downplay them because it can't be possible and then... And then I lose you, too. You're not going to lose me, Ren. I'm not going to leave you. I promise. I need more of them for you to not leave me. I need you to let me in. I know. And you are in. I need you, too. Let's get upstairs. I can clean this up later. One hot chocolate, extra hot, extra chocolate. Thanks, Ren. Odd request, I know. It's just one of the things that comforts me. Even if it is August and 91 degrees. I don't know who you've been hanging out with. But in this friendship, melted chocolate has no bad season. What can I do? How can I make this better? I don't know. I've done so much talking about it, thinking about it, but I finally understand it now. Understand what, Meg? Remember this morning when you called? You said you'd listen to my rambling and even theories? I do remember. still true. Okay. Because I've been thinking... A lot. And I know what I know now. I know Sammy isn't dead. But I do think she definitely wanted us to believe she's dead. I don't know why, but it's the only thing that makes sense. Sammy never failed at a single thing she did, so of course we would believe she succeeded at this too. And of course she would succeed at faking us out. But I can sense differently now. It took a while to clear my mind of the shock, but now it's like a sister's intuition. I know she's alive. Okay. Well, 
Can you walk me through it? I mean, I don't necessarily have all of the details, but it's obvious that she never wanted to die. She had so much to live for, and she was so motivated. It's almost like she was too successful. All that stuff that Penelope got weird about, Sammy's work. I think Sammy knew something, or discovered something, that the government isn't ready for the world to know. She got in over her head, didn't realize that whatever she was working on would be so high profile. But she's so dedicated to her work. It's her life's biggest motivation. She couldn't just give it up. Or maybe she was so far in that giving up wasn't an option. But she became a target. All of those fancy government bureaus or a corporation or something, someone is after that information and she isn't safe. And she knows if she told us the truth, we'd have to see her. We couldn't just leave her. Jake would be looking for her constantly and mom and dad might be in danger from this whatever is after her. This way, we can move on, be safe, and she still has her success. Maybe even can keep working somewhere else. I'm telling you, this is so obvious. I almost feel stupid for how long it took me to figure it out. Well, Meg, um, have to say, this is a big leap without any hard evidence. Someone faking their own death is something that happens in movies, not in real life. Yeah, and all that stuff that Sammy was researching? That also sounds like something out of a movie. Saving lives and secret government contracts. Hell, she probably is the government agency. You heard Penelope. This is huge stuff she was working on. I'm not arguing that Sammy was special and what she did was important work. Then why is it so unfounded that she could still be out there? If anyone is special enough to live this crazy life, it's her. I see that too, but... But Meg, they found the body. Since when have we reduced my sister's entire identity to just the body? I'm sorry, Meg. You're right. They found Sammy's body. How do you explain that away? A mastermind in the science field could create a look-alike model of themselves, don't you think? Maybe this is her research. She's testing it. That's... something. It is. And it's the craziest use of Sammy's life she could think of. I just don't associate the word crazy with Sammy. Well, people change, Ren. She was so worried about her research being perfect. Maybe the only way she could think to do that is to, like, become it. You seem very sure of all this. Yes, because she would never have just given all of that up. Given us up. Sammy would not hurt herself. And I don't know why the hell I'm the only person who can see that. Okay, let's go with it for a minute. Let's say Sammy really is out there. In hiding, on the run, whatever it is. Let's say you're right. What are you going to do about it? I... I'll get up. Jacob. Hey, Ren. Can I come in? Of course. Hey, Jake. My parents aren't here if you were looking for them. No, um... I was actually coming to talk to you. I think I need your help. 
Sure, what? Wait, that... That's Sammy's laptop. There are so many kinds of love you can have in your life. I was blessed with so many. Two loving parents who supported me in the best way they know how. A beloved family pet who taught me that, though rough, kitty licks can be just as comforting as puppy kisses. Here, two of my greatest loves. A younger sister, who I somehow always looked up to. And Jake. Oh, Jake. Just when I thought I was too hard to love. even the slightest glimpse of what this would put you through. I'm so sorry. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis. Executive producer and lead writer, Alexa Fett-Fisher. Producers, Chris Burnside, Megan Burnside, and Carrie Zahn. Audio production, Chris Burnside and Catherine Seaton. Music and score, Catherine Seaton. Catharsis.